today on Summit Life with J.D. Greer. You see, if you're really gonna come to God, there's gotta be room in your heart for Him to surprise you, to do the unexpected. Sometimes the greatest love that God might show to you or to me is not in fixing our problems, but when He uses that problem to open your eyes to see the treasure you have in Him. And sometimes that comes through pain. Welcome to Summit Life with J.D. Greer, pastor of the Summit Church in Raleigh-Durham, North Carolina. As always, I'm your host, Molly Vitovich. Today, Pastor J.D. takes us back to the most wonderful time of the year one last time. So if you needed a little more Christmas, you came to the right place. But did you know that the Bible tells us that when Jesus came, He drew a dividing line, one that would separate people for all of eternity? So the question for you is, which side are you on? Make sure you stick around to the end to hear more about our latest resource that will help you know more of the Bible in 2022. But let's not waste any more time and jump right into the message Pastor J.D. titled, The Christmas We Weren't Expecting. Sometimes you and I talk about the Christian life as if it is instant fulfillment, immediate answers to prayer requests. If you do A, oh yes, God will give B. And if you do A in your marriage, then your marriage is going to turn into B. And if you do A with your kids, then your kids will turn out like B. But friend, that is just not always true. Many of you find yourself in a posture of waiting this Christmas. You're in a time that feels dark, a time of confusion. Maybe you even feel abandoned. Maybe it's a season for you of yearning and longing, a longing for something to be set right Injustice seems to reign everywhere around you. Maybe you yourself have been the victim of that injustice. Maybe you, like Anna, are yearning for some need to be fulfilled. Life just has not turned out the way that you would always expect it. Maybe it's a longing to have your family put back together, or maybe to have a family of your own. You were hoping to be married by this Christmas, and, and here we are again, entering another Christmas season, and you're still single. Maybe you're grieving the death of a child this Christmas. Maybe you're grieving a a miscarriage this year. Maybe you're still waiting on a prodigal who is yet to, to return home. I don't know. I don't know. And here's the thing. You've tried everything that you know how to try. Or you try to do it God's way. I mean, you went and got advice and you talked to the pastor and you, you believed God and you trusted him and you worked hard and, and still things have just not gotten better for you. Why isn't the marriage getting better? Why isn't the situation changing? Simeon and Anna's story show you that God sees you. God has not forgotten you. And waiting does not mean that you've done something wrong. Waiting is in fact an essential, I would even say an appointed part of the Christian life. If you want God to deliver you, if you want his powerful working in your life, it will come on the heels of a season of waiting. God will not disappoint those of you who wait for him. He will not let you be put to shame. Nobody who has ever waited for God ever in history has been let down. No one, not even one. You will not be the first. Waiting is an essential, even an appointed part of the Christian life. And that's what we're reminded of at Christmas. I love how Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the German pastor who ended up being a martyr of the Nazi regime, I love how he said it. The Advent season, the Advent season is a season of waiting. But our whole life, our whole life kind of feels like an Advent season, he says. That is a season of waiting for the last Advent. Advent just means coming. 
the last coming for the time when there will be a new heaven and a new earth. Christmas reminds us that while we've got a lot to be thankful for here, a lot of us are still waiting. In fact, we're all waiting for the second coming of Christ. We're all waiting for the new heavens and the new earth. We're all waiting for Jesus to come and make things right and for all the sad things in our lives to become untrue. So I would just say to you this weekend, whether you've got a specific need that you're waiting on God to do something in, or whether it's just a yearning for heaven, Simeon and Anna show you that God has not forgotten you. The joy and the comfort of Christmas is for you. Even if your situation is not gonna change this weekend, which leads me to number two. Number two, God's answer did not match their expectations. God's answer did not match their expectations. I think it's safe to say that neither Simeon nor Anna was thinking that a helpless baby born to a dirt poor family was God's answer to their longing, but he was. You see what Israel thought they needed most, what they thought they needed from God was different from what they actually needed most. What they thought they needed most was political deliverance. What they thought they needed most was a new husband or a restored fortune. But what they actually most needed was restoration with God. This, Jesus says, is eternal life, not streets of gold and not perfect health. You wanna know what eternal life is? To know God and Jesus whom he has sent. You can have that knowledge in pain as well as you can have it in health. In fact, sometimes you can have it better in pain than you can in health. Jesus said the abundant life that I'm talking about is not a, a Mercedes Benz and it's not a 5,000 square foot house and it's not a second home at, at Hilton Head and it's not, it's not a perfect family. It's not all the people around the table. You wanna know what the ad abundant life is, Jesus says. It's knowing me and walking in the fullness and joy of your heavenly father. We may think that what we most need is physical health this, this Christmas or financial assistance or family reunion, but what we most need deep in our souls is reunion with our heavenly father. You see, you and I were created for God. Whether you've ever realized that or not, maybe I'm, I'm gonna start filling in the gaps for, for you in ways that, that, that I'm making connections maybe you've never made, maybe you've never understood, never thought of yourself as a religious person. But see, I know a secret about you. That is you're created for God. Blaise Pascal, the, the French philosopher and mathematician, he famously said that the human heart has a, it's like a gigantic hole in it, a void, a vacuum, he called it. He said, we spend all of our lives trying to figure out what goes in that hole. He said, when we try to romance and we turn to romance, think if I meet Mr. Right or Miss Right, then, well, then that's gonna take care of it. He said, but that hole is not filled by money. It's not filled by romantic love. It's not filled by family. It's not filled by job success. It's not filled by prosperity or political peace. That hole is in the shape of the love of Jesus Christ. And that's why no matter what you find in life, you're always gonna feel like something is not quite there. Something is still missing because you're created not for health or prosperity. You're created for fellowship with God. You're not even created for family. You're created for fellowship with God. That's why St. Augustine said 1500 years ago, our hearts are restless until they learn to find their rest in you. You were created for God, you need to be restored to him and only this Messiah, only this Christ born as a baby to live the life you were supposed to live and then die the death you were condemned to die in your place, only that baby could fill that hole. 
The arms that you've been searching for in romance have actually been his arms. The security that you look for in money is actually found in the presence of Jesus and his promises. The significance that you craved from your, from your dad, from your spouse, from the approval of others, from likes on a Facebook post. That significance is found in hearing God the Father say to you, you are my beloved son or daughter in whom I am well pleased. Now I wanna be very clear, okay? God is good and we're supposed to ask for that goodness to break into our lives and our families. At this church, we believe that we can and should pray for physical healing. We should pray, you can pray and you should pray for an end to loneliness. You can even pray for political help. But first and foremost, Jesus came to lead you and me into fellowship with the Father. Because again, that's eternal life. That's the fullness of joy. That is life abundantly. And apart from that, any other fix is only gonna be superficial anyway. What God did here was unexpected, but it was exactly what they needed. Can I ask you this weekend, are you ready for God to do the unexpected in your life this Christmas? Be honest, are you ready for God to do the unexpected in your life this Christmas? I do not care how spiritually mature you are, or how much you know, or how certain you feel that you know exactly what you need most from God. I'll just go ahead and tell you as a guy who's been a pastor for almost two decades now with a PhD in theology, you've gotta always be ready for God to do the unexpected in your life. And if there is no room in your heart for God to surprise you, I mean legitimately surprise you, I mean, I didn't see that coming, surprise you. Well, then maybe it's not God you're actually worshiping. Maybe it's not God you're really seeking. You see, if you're really gonna come to God, there's gotta be room in your heart for him to surprise you, to do the unexpected. Sometimes the greatest love that God might show to you or to me is not in fixing our problems, but when he uses that problem to open your eyes to see the treasure you have in him. And sometimes that comes through pain. I mean, think about it. How does a surgeon bring peace to your body, right? Not by telling you everything's gonna be okay. If you got a tumor in you, he's gotta cut you. He's gotta cut you to take that tumor out so that you can have peace. How does a therapist bring peace to a downcast or a depressed person? Well, a lot of times it's by dredging up the past, isn't it? Getting you to remember and confront those painful memories. Often, this is the irony, you gotta feel worse before you can feel better. Right? It's the same thing with spiritual healing. Sometimes the paths toward peace lead us through valleys of pain. It's like we often say here at the Summit Church, sometimes, sometimes God answers our prayers by giving us what we would have asked for if we knew what he knew. Sometimes God shows his love by giving us what we would have asked for if we knew what he knew. And what he knows is that your deepest longings, the deepest longings in your heart and the peace that you're really looking for, those are found in the knowledge of him. Those are found in the knowledge of him. Simeon said two things that right at the end that I wanna, I wanna close us with. Two things, look at him, verse 29. After this encounter, Simeon said, I can depart in peace. Hey, what had changed in Simeon's life? Having had the spirit of God, open his eyes to see who Jesus really was, he could depart in peace. Nothing had changed about his circumstances. Israel was still under Rome's rule. 
When Simeon left, he would still be a victim of injustice. Walking out of that very temple, he might be confronted by a Roman soldier who would say something rude to him or push him or maybe even take his money. Yet Simeon says in the temple, I am at peace and I will leave in peace. Nothing had changed with Anna's circumstances, had it? She's still over a hundred years old and she's still a widow. Yet, she's at peace. Here's my question. Can you be at peace today? When you leave, whether it's one of our campuses or the home that you're sitting in, can you be at peace today? What do you require in order for you to be able to say, I can depart in peace? Do you require a change in circumstances? Do you require resolution of some injustice? Do you require some kind of personal vindication? Do you need a new husband? Do you just need a husband? Do you need your kids to come to faith? Imagine this, um, imagine this ring of keys right here as representing the keys to your heart. Remember how in the old days people would just collect keys and the really important people would have them all and I was like, that person must be important. They got keys to everywhere. So imagine this just representing one of those big old key rings and, and here's what most of us have done. You know, this, is the, this represents the keys to peace in my heart. And so you've taken one and you've given it to your spouse. My wife gets a key and um, my kids get a key and my, my, my stockbroker gets a key and my boss gets a key and my girlfriend's got a key and, and your boyfriend's got a key and, and, and the school I'm trying to get into, well, they got a key also. And, and then you step back and you tell all those groups that all those people that they better treat you the way that you wanna be treated because they've got the keys to your peace. Well, y'all, that's not a good plan for a couple of reasons, right? Number one, they're gonna let you down, guaranteed. You don't even have to have much life experience to, to know that. And when they let you down, it's hard for you to even be mad at them. Let me tell you how I can say that. <laughs> because the person who's let you down most is staring at you every morning when you look in the mirror. Am I right? Every morning when I look in the mirror, I am looking at the person who has lied to J.D. Greer more than any other human in history. Every morning when I look in the mirror, I'm looking at the person who is disappointed and let down J.D. Greer more than anybody else. So here's what I know. If I've let me down, I can't be surprised and other people let me down either because probably I've let them down. In fact, I'm sure of it. So it is silly for me to give them the keys to my peace. Listen, if hope for you is found and somebody taking the key and using it the right way, then all hope is, listen, is delayed disappointment for you. That's all it is. You've given it to them and you might be able to delay your disappointment for a little bit, but it's coming. No, 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 only Jesus should have the key to your peace. There should only be one key on that ring. And you should be able to hand it to Jesus and you should be able to say, you've got the key to peace in my heart because only you're gonna be faithful with it. And you're what I've created for and your promises are sufficient and only you can guarantee it. That's what Simeon and Anna do here. They saw that Jesus held the key to their peace. And once they saw Jesus, once they'd entrusted themselves to him, then they could depart in peace. Is he and he alone the keeper of your peace today? Here's the second thing that, that Simeon said that is so important. Verse 34, this child is destined to cause the rise and the fall of many. Simeon said, this baby's gonna bring a dividing line. Verse 35, Simeon says he'll cause offense. Because of him, Simeon said, the thoughts of a lot of hearts are gonna get exposed. 
What they really think about God, this baby boy is gonna grow up and, and reveal that. Because of his claims, the truth about their heart will actually be revealed. And we can pull back the veil on their fake religiosity because that baby is gonna grow up and preach that none of us are good enough to get to heaven. And he's gonna have to give us that as a gift through his work, not ours. And we're gonna have to receive that humbly like beggars. Jesus did not come to make you a better person. He came because you could not be a better person and you'd have to depend on him and him alone to save you. And a lot of people aren't gonna like that because it's gonna attack their pride because they want somebody to improve them. They want a new and, and better version of them. But Jesus said, you are dead in your sin and I gotta put my life into you. You gotta admit that you're worth, you're worth nothing spiritually to God or you're at least worthy of nothing spiritually. And you gotta receive the gift humbly. He's gonna demand absolute lordship from us. And a lot of people aren't gonna like that either because while they got no problem with religion, they wanna retain control of their lives. They want control of their pocketbooks. They want control of their destinies. They want control of their relationships. And so this, this baby boy is gonna grow up and say, if I'm not Lord of all, I'm not Lord at all. And they're not gonna like that because as religious as they are, they wanna keep their hands on the reins. And this baby boy is gonna grow up and insist that more than we need fixes to our problems, we need him. And a lot of people aren't gonna like that either. And they're not gonna be satisfied with that. And that's gonna reveal that a lot of them aren't interested in God. What they're actually interested in is what they think God can do for them. This baby boy is gonna bring a dividing line and all of us are gonna be challenged. Hey, get this, Simeon, talk about a guy with some backbone. Simeon looks at Mary. Yep, Mary, and looks at her and says, and a sword will pierce your soul also. Hey, could, could we just acknowledge, there are a few people in the Bible that are presented as admirably and attractively as Mary, right? I mean, yet even Mary didn't get it completely right. Mary was seriously mistaken at first as to what her son was all about. And more than once, more than once, she tried to stop him. Mark 3.31, look it up, especially if you grew up in a church that taught you that Mary was sinless. Mark 3.31 says that Jesus's mother and brothers found his claim so absurd that they thought he was literally, verse 31, insane. Verse 21 says that they tried to bring him home out of his ministry. They tried to bring him home by force because they thought, verse 21, he was out of his mind. So Simeon looks at Mary and says, Jesus's claims are gonna challenge even you, Mary. Why do I point that out? Because that means you should expect that he will challenge you also. In fact, I would say that one of the signs that you've really encountered Jesus is that you've wrestled with him. Because he really giving yourself to Jesus is gonna feel in some ways like a sword has come into your soul. Really wrestle, really encountering Jesus means your pride is gonna get challenged. And that control you want over your life, that's gonna get challenged too. And he's gonna challenge you with the core of your idols. And if you've never wrestled with that deep challenge, you probably have never grappled with the real him. You've just gotten religious. This baby boy is gonna draw a dividing line and that dividing line is gonna separate people for eternity. John three, he that believes and obeys the son has everlasting life. And those that don't believe and obey the son will perish without him. The most important question you will ever consider is what side of that dividing line are you on? Have you surrendered to him? Have you given yourself to him? Or are you still without him? He's a dividing line. My kids and I were on a trip recently 
And uh, we were coming out of the RDU airport and we walked in this little corridor, the TSA corridor where you pass like the, there's this little like line with lights in it um, and it represents the security line. And my kids, every time we go on a trip, every time they say, dad, don't you remember that time you made the security alarm go off? Every time we go now, they, they say, dad, this is the play. I'm like, I remember the place because it was, you know, we were walking out the line. I was just trying to be, you know, dad jokes. So I was, I was like, oh, look, there's this line here. And I thought it was like a zone, like sort of a general kind of like, just, you know, don't go past this area and come back. So th this little line on the floor, I was like, you know, hey kids, look, I'm in, I'm out, I'm in, I'm out. And they're all, you know, and all of a sudden the, the lights start flaring and the, the alarm goes off and the whole air, and like the, the security guards come running down the thing. And I'm like, you know, I get down on my knees. No, I didn't get down on my knees, but it just, it was a moment because and the kids are like, remember that? I'm like, I remember that. Remember the time you almost got arrested, dad? I remember that. So, but it's a line, right? And you're either on one side or the other. You're either in or you're out. It's a dividing line. What side of the line are you on with Jesus? Have you ever come to a place where you've acknowledged that you can never be good enough to earn heaven? Have you come to a place where you surrendered yourself to him knowing that only his mercy could save you? and that you were putting him in charge of your life. You can't be a better person. He came because you couldn't be a better person. And have you received him acknowledging that only he can save you, right? And having received that, can you now say, I am ready to depart from here and I am ready to be at peace. Why don't you bow your heads if you would at all of our campuses and our homes. Hey friend, it's very simple, okay? Have you received him? If not, you could do it right now through, we call it surrender in faith. That's the biblical words. Surrender in faith. Jesus, I turn over control of my life to you. I can't save myself. You've got to save me. I receive you right now as my savior. Say it to him, wherever you sit, however old you are. Jesus, I can't save myself. Only you can save me. The peace you are looking for is found in Jesus. Have you discovered that peace? You're listening to Summit Life, the Bible teaching ministry of pastor, author, and theologian J.D. Greer. If you put your trust in Jesus today or have questions about what it means to follow him, please give us a call at 866-335-5220. We'd love the opportunity to pray with you. And if you missed any of this message, you can always find it free of charge at jdgreer.com. Summit Life exists to bring you resources and Bible teaching that'll help you dive deeper into your walk with God every day. And that's why we're offering a resource this month that will help you remember scripture this year and hopefully for years to come. The Bible is our foundation, the most important way that we hear from God. So why not become a better student of the Bible by committing more of it to memory? The good news is we are right there with you with our new scripture memory cards. Jesus quoted the Old Testament frequently in his life and ministry. He quoted from 24 books, roughly 180 times. It's clear that he thought of the scriptures as the ultimate authority in life and a way to understand the heart and desires of God. Why would we not follow Jesus by knowing and trusting scripture the way that he did? The Rejoice Always Memory Verse cards come with our thanks for your generous financial gift of $35 or more. Call right now to make your donation and request the set of cards. The number is 866-335-5220. Again, that's 866-335-5220.
or go online and request them when you visit us at jdgreer.com. Or drop us a line the old-fashioned way by writing to us at J.D. Greer Ministries, P.O. Box 12293, Durham, North Carolina, 27709. While you're on our website, sign up for our e-newsletter. It's the best place to get ministry updates, sneak peeks of our new resources, and Pastor J.D.'s latest blog posts delivered straight to your inbox. Or subscribe to the Summit Life podcast on your favorite device. It's a great way to stay connected with us. Go to jdgreer.com. I'm Molly Vitovich, inviting you to join us again next week when Pastor J.D. teaches about a paralytic man and his friends, all of whom were desperate to get close to Jesus. But as we'll see in this story, as eager as they were to get to Jesus, Jesus was even more eager to extend forgiveness to them and to us. So enjoy your weekend of worship with your church family and be sure to join us again Monday here on Summit Life with J.D. Greer. This program was produced and sponsored by J.D. Greer Ministries.